Hi everyone and welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me your host Peachy Patra. I'm super excited for today's episode. I actually almost released it early as a bonus episode because I was so excited for you guys to hear it. In today's episode we talk about a lot of powerful subjects but we use stories and facts of history to talk about it. So it's not super heavy. I walked away from it feeling incredibly empowered and I hope you do too. So I'd like to introduce Luckdeep. He is the VP of Equity Education for Unlearn. Luckdeep, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you so much. First off, before we begin, in the way that uh, my elders and also that Unlearn teaches me, I need to recognize whose land I'm on. Yes. So as I sit here and I look outside my window, Patra, I am also going to ask you, please, if you have a window near you, take a Mm -hmm. moment stick your face out and when i look out my window i am seeing squirrels two of them working ever so hard <laughs> and i don't know it just brings a smile to my face i love it when i you look out, what do you see unfortunately i have yet to see a squirrel since moving here but i'm looking out at this massive tree in my front yard some bushes and then there's the main road so people watching always Nice. Yeah. I'm on the land of uh, the Haldeman Tract Treaty. This is a treaty between Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and neutral peoples. In fact, where I'm sitting here in Waterloo, uh, north end of Waterloo, Mm -hmm. in Ontario, um, I am reminded that when I look at these squirrels outside, that uh, the Chernotin people, the Chernotin families here that used to uh, be on this land and yeah. push away and that's why I'm here um, the Chernotin people were so high in scientific Patra that they could mark a squirrel with dye in Ontario here yeah. and then follow that squirrel for days and lo and behold it would take them about three days to keep on following that marked squirrel mm-hmm. The squirrel would never have to come down to the ground because there was that many trees in the Carilion forest. So these wow. scientific, if you will, people would yeah. trace, mark, name, and study this squirrel from treetop to treetop. On the third day, they would get to the next province over Manitoba. That's how many, wow. trees, that's how many trees there were in the Carilion forest. That's incredible. And I'm not only appreciative of them, but I am also taught to say first people, beautiful people, whenever I look outside and celebrate whose land I'm on. I love it. How can you, I guess this starts the podcast. Um, how can you figure out what land, whose land you're on? There are websites that yeah. I will definitely share with you that, um, so there's technology that can help us do this nowadays, but yeah. I find the best technology and the most uh, energy efficient technology and the 24 seven technology is one first off of heart, your own heart. Your yeah. own heart can teach you about whose land you're on. Your own heart can do that. And we just started doing that by just looking outside and noticing one or two things that you and I are uh, Mm -hmm. happy about, or at least aware of. And so that awareness begins the path down to finding, if you will, elders, people with knowledge, Mm -hmm. knowledge keepers, first people who have been tasked with passing on such knowledge down to generations, if you will. So um, Yeah. yeah, websites galore, but I say to you also, um, I'll share those if you'd like, but yes, the best yeah. thing is to share your heart, share your own passion first. And if you really want to recognize whose land you're on, <clears throat> be be still. And as they say, tread lightly. Mm-hmm. First people, tread lightly. Yeah, that's important. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Unlearn and your position there? Mm. Unlearn is a life passion. It is a uh, best friend, a teacher, uh, the best job one could ever have. The only 
thing I've ever done in my life that um, is bigger than me, bigger than a paycheck, bigger than anything. So uh, Unlearned is an organization that provokes thought to inspire positive change. Uh, Unlearned's mission is to see, inspire everyone to see the humanity in everyone. Mm -hmm. And we do that using design. So Unlearn started in the early 90s. Yeah. And it actually started with trying to raise uh, funds for a local uh, race relations committee at the okay. school level. And <clears throat> what had happened was, and I'm skipping a lot, I'm really condensing the story. Mm -hmm. uh, Abhi Alawalia, our founder, has the brilliant story on story for you if you'd like to check out unlearn.com part yeah. of that story starts there but um they started with a a clean heart and a clean heart in the sense of raise money for a race relations committee who was going under mm -hmm. and they did so by putting um race that's my dog toby putting anti-racist slogans, anti-racist, uh, multicultural, if you will, mm -hmm. um, symbols on t-shirts and selling them. That's how they raise the money. Interesting. Unlearn quickly pivoted about five or six years later when they had reached a point where educators started to wear our clothing into classrooms. Okay. And again, Toby, not only was the educators um, bringing our stuff into classrooms to spark conversations, but what was happening was lesson plans, assignments, mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of pieces around um, how do you provoke thought to inspire positive change. Yeah. Sorry. It's all good. Um, that's uh, incredible. Sorry. sorry, I wanted to continue that story. But yeah. Toby was going off there. He, the uh, educators were bringing our stuff into classrooms, Patra. And yeah. not only that, was it, it was sparking, oh, what is that, Mr. Dollywell, on your shirt? What does that mean? Mm. And Unlearned's response always was, well, what do you think it means? At Unlearned, we love silence. And we yeah. love the Socratic method. And the Socratic method is very simple. It just teaches us one thing, shut up. Yeah. And not only, respectfully, not only does it teach myself to shut up, but it actually teaches you, you can't make anyone, uh, I can't teach anyone anything. I can only help them think or make them think. Mm -hmm. And so at Unlearn, we ask question on question on question. We shut up lots. We create space for silence, processing, uh, a lot of the hard stuff yeah. you're going after, and that takes time. And therefore, the unlearned designs are open to interpretation. There is never one right answer. At Unlearn, we often like to say, what you see is what you know. And okay. that's, a play, that's a play on this idea that uh, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are, where we've yeah. been, what school we went to, where we grew up, what language we spoke, what we ate, all that stuff forms our worldview, if you will. And Unlearn's in that... Uh, area that position we take up that position that says well hold on a second uh what is everyone's view here mm -hmm. not just some people's view what is everyone's view so that seeing the humanity in everyone is largely not only a mission statement it's in our dna it's how we do yeah so is there any models just based off what you've told me rooted in like conflict resolution Yep. So we've done conflict resolution pieces. We've done um, circles where our first people have led the restoration of harm done. We've okay. done conflict circles where in some schools there's been some racial events between students. We've yeah. come in and done some work specifically with not only parties affected, but larger um, teachers, schools, um, stakeholders in the community. So we've been part of that conflict uh, de-escalation piece for a while in schools, but now I'm very 
very proud, very happy to say that we're moving more into corporate spaces as well with that awesome. same model, with that same pedagogy of, yo, let's get everyone to see the humanity in everyone first. Let's bring up our critical consciousness, our awareness of others. Yeah. So, so that's largely how we do it. And we do that with designs. We don't do it with a lot of talk. Yeah. Um, and that way we can hit that part of the brain, to be honest with you, that's responsible for all learning and memory. It's called the hippocampus. It's really small. It sits at the front, right? It's part of my brain. And all learning and memory come from that part. And lo and behold, when I am allowed to, in either silence or in a chill place, in an atmosphere that's created so that I feel uh, that I can come with my whole self, when I'm staring at something, Patra, yeah. my hippocampus is being stimulated. All my learning and memory. So as I stare at you right now, my learning and my memory of everything associated with your face, um, the sound of your voice, um, if we've had a relationship in the past somewhere, all of that comes flooding back. So in an unlearned design, that's what we're doing. We're allowing the wholesome self to come to an unlearned design. And uh, there is no right answer. What do you see? And in that begins the dialogue towards equity and inclusion of everyone that's so powerful just i like the simple statements that are that's what resonates with most people you know for so long especially right now in the last 13 weeks our amygdalas are hijacked right there's a yeah. global pandemic there is yeah. a uh, there's a call for social, racial, anti-racist uh, movement. There is a call for decolonization happening. There is the first people voices to people of color voices, to gender voices, to non-binary voices now uh, that are getting a little bit more of the mic, I think. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very... Uh, it's a very interesting time to be living in and working in for sure. And unlearn mm -hmm. teaches me every day that um, there is no one right answer. And we need to not only create more critical consciousness in the world, but we need to deconstruct power. And unlearn teaches mm -hmm. me how to deconstruct power uh, using these designs. So we have both uh, poster pack one and two. Yeah. These are 24 sets of curated designs, about a decade's worth of research and work goes into them. Wow. Uh, anywhere from uh, Canadian students, elementary students, to business owners, to graphic designers, um, to international now artists that are working with us. We're on working on Poster Pack 3. Again, all trying to bring up critical consciousness around human rights, social justice issues around the world amazing amazing um i was doing some research and i was on the website and i noticed that um and i can't remember if this was from your website or from your bio on their page um but there's mention of the servant leadership approach can you explain what that is like that concept mm. I have both a personal and a professional understanding of that concept. I'll yeah. share my professional one first. Okay. Professionally speaking, my understanding of that concept is when you do more, talk less. And yeah. uh, also when you create space for others, very simply, when you create space for other people and you do more and talk less, this is servant leadership. Okay. That's professionally speaking. Yeah. Personally yeah. speaking, um, based on my sick heritage, my upbringing, based on my Jamaican um, uncles who raised me, Rasta men in Hitchin in England, based on my first people elders here who have nurtured my understanding of whose land I'm on and uh, the privilege that I'm holding myself to even uh, my grandma, 104 years old, who's here with me now in Amazing. Canada. Um, for so long, uh, we tried to get her from India and England to come and before the pandemic, um, mm -hmm. she was able to come. She was only supposed to come for a bit and then return. But again, 
the blessings of the pandemic have been such that I have yeah. this centurion just uh, in the next house over. Actually, I live I live next door to my mom and dad. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, so she's staying for a while then. She is. She's staying for uh, indefinitely right now. And yeah. Um, back to the understanding, though, of, the, of yeah. the, that is the professional piece. The personal piece, though, honestly, of servant leadership is when I look at her. Okay. I just, I just look at my own grandma and I'm like, wow. This is, let me tell you quickly about her story and my whole ancestry piece. We are uh, maybe one or 2% of India's population. Oh, wow. Uh, we six are the fifth largest religion in the world. Um, mm-hmm. It's about 500 years old, our community, five to 600 years old. Yeah. Uh, the establishment of our people. Um, we came from a time where you had Mughal armies coming in from the Middle East, coming into India, taking gold, spice, and women back to India, mm-hmm. robbing India, burning India. And at that time, uh, India still today, to this day, largely most predominant religion is Hindu yeah. religion, Hinduism, right? And Hinduisms uh, beautifully believe in uh, nonviolence, right? You might have heard of Gandhi mm-hmm. with the whole Ahimsa stuff. Yeah. And that nonviolent talk, if you will, what it had done um, to these raiding Mughal armies was basically nothing. They could come unchecked through Afghanistan, throughout Pakistan and into India and attack at will, take stuff and back, back they went. Um, that gives birth, that whole story gives birth to the Sikhs. Often pronounced Sikh, yeah. most correct pronunciation, like Sikh, like that's Sikh, yo. Yeah. Uh, Sikh is, uh, it means a learner. Uh, a Sikh is a warrior, is a soldier. Uh, a Sikh is a saint at the same time. We're supposed to be saints and soldiers at the same time. Hence the dress. Hence uh, at least what you can see from uh, chest up. Yeah. Uh, so as these armies would come, Patra, they would uh, shave your head. They would take all your stuff and symbolizing to the other army that you've been looted, if you will. You ain't got nothing. Move on to the next village. Okay. Um, so it was public shaming of, the, of, of that piece as well. Um, uh, religion, faith, taxing was all being oppressed down the throats of people in India. Uh, so lo and behold, the Sikhs have a tradition of uh, not only servant leadership, but talking less and doing more. So we have a history of sharing food, resources, um, time, energy, anything that we could do to push the oppressor back. Yeah. How do you stop this oppression that's happening on everyone? Um, and Sikhism and my grandma teach me, you got to stop it in yourself first. Check yourself. Yeah. Fix your, fix your own self first. Then you can help others. That's powerful. Yeah, that to me is uh, servant leadership professionally and personally speaking. Do you guys follow like, you know, in Christianity and Catholicism, there's the Bible, there's the Quran. Do you guys follow, um, what would it be called? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so we do have a scripture. We have many scriptures, but we have one main one. It is called the Guru Granth Sahib. Guru is a word that a lot of North America uses in yoga classes and like all kinds of other stuff. I see lots now here, mm-hmm. but my understanding of Guru, it comes from our, as I told you, these, um, these Middle Eastern Mughal, Farsi, uh, Urdu, even uh, Pashtu, even Sanskrit languages that have come into India yeah. from these influences. Gu, it means, in Persian, it means um, ego. Okay. One's ego is gu, and yeah. ru means to destroy. So you can become a guru if you have destroyed your own ego and you help others to do the same. In fact, that's what a guru does. A guru, mm. you could have like, a hockey guru. We have them in Canada. They're called Wayne yeah. Gretzky. They're called Mario Lemieux. They're called Haley Wickenheiser, right? Yeah. These are hockey gurus. How? Why? Because they have 
they, they have literally overcome their own ego and look at the massive things that they've accomplished with their teams, not only individually, but they've helped others. In fact, yeah. a lot of people say about those gurus that they made them better, right? Wow. And that's what a guru does. A guru makes you better at something. Um, so for us, the Guru Granth Sahib makes us better at this thing, life. And um, uh, so that, that is our main scripture. But we have other texts as well. We have 10 gurus that have come in our 500-year history, 600-year history, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, these, these, after the 10th guru came and before he left this um, physical realm, uh, he had instructed the six that the book would become now the everlasting guru. And so now okay. we treat the book like uh it's living we, we treat it like we give it a bed we wake it up in the morning we we clean it off we 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 treat it like it, it's the king really yeah interesting. and uh the really the really interesting thing about our guru Granth Sahib too is that it's a compilation not just of like six there are muslim uh uh teachings in it there are uh, Jain teachings in it. There are people from quote unquote low caste positions teachings in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, all that to say that um, the founder of our religion, Guru Nanak, yeah. he, he, he was a traveled man. He traveled the globe. He walked and sailed and boated across the world, studying people and connecting uh, on that. Um, expedition if you will of understanding and humanity and love and he came back with uh, this message so we follow that message every day all day so how do you personally feel about when people kind of westernize that word um and that title of you know say, like say you hear someone say like i'm a yoga guru and that kind of stuff how do you do you is it something that's culturally offensive Yes and no. And I'm also teaching myself that the yes inside of me is my own ego speaking because I don't claim just because I'm born as into this family that I'm born into. I don't own it. Mm -hmm. I didn't make it. So who am I to say that uh, you can't use it or understand it? In fact, if I'm doing that, then I'm doing the exact opposite of what my teachings are, which is to see the humanity in everyone, to serve mm-hmm. everyone, right? If I'm if I'm if I'm trying to own something, uh, I'm trying to control it. And if I'm trying to control it, it's my ego at work. It ain't me. Yeah. Um, the no part, uh, or sorry, the the part of me that uh, does get a little offended sometimes is like just yeah, my own bank putting up a yoga pose on their window and saying. Um, you know, we can bring some chillness to your uh, financial picture, if you will. And it's like, what? You're taking thousand-year-old scientific knowledge of my peoples and selling your RRSPs? Yeah. That's, you know, it's a little weird to me. But um, again, uh, I don't own nothing. I don't even own this body. Um, at some point, Patrang going to leave this body. I don't own it. Is, yeah. is Lakti going to stop or cease to exist then? I'd like to think no. I'd like to think there's more to Lakti than just this body that's aging and frailing yeah. away, getting a little looser, <laughs> the black, maybe getting a little heavier and yeah. hairier. Uh, but yeah, it's all, all that to say as a reminder that um, I don't own nothing. I don't even own my name. My parents gave it to me. I didn't make it. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. So, so I'm taught and my people are taught that uh, if you don't own nothing, mm-hmm. uh, you can't, you can't uh, claim ownership over nothing. Um, there is one thing that is yours and that's somewhere in here. Something in here is the only thing that I can own and take care of and control, if you will. Yeah. Do you guys, um, as a religion, have kind of like a specific name for your spirit or um, like a specific 
mentality around it? Mm. We have, uh, that's a beautiful question. Thank you. And I say that because uh, that's right at the heart of our spiritual understanding. Mm -hmm. Number one, for six, uh, the creator is many names. Yeah. The creator is many, many names to many different people. Many, mm -hmm. some, you know, we even have hymns that teach us. Some people say Allah, some yeah. people say Ra, others say Ja, and we we uh, not only to remind ourselves that they're all speaking the one language. Mm -hmm. Sikhism is best understood and approached not through a monotheistic lens. I used to think that a lot. It, that's a big word, monotheistic. It just means you believe in one, right? Okay. And, our our whole book it begins with that word and it's it's a word our founder he he took the word and he said uh, i'm going to make the symbol for one ik we call it ik yeah. onkar and onkar means um the doer the creator everything there is one of all of this and again that just reminds me we know it by different names we know it by many yeah. different understandings uh, so that is the core of Sikhism right there. So beautiful question mm -hmm. right there. We know it by many different names, even in ourselves, we have like so many names for what that is, is, if you will. That entity. Yeah. That thing, that thing, that beautiful thing that did all this. Yeah. So my next question is in regards to kind of the black lives matter protests and everything that's going on. How does, cause I know different religions kind of view things differently and people have a lot of like personal opinion and I want this to come from your personal opinion too, with your experience and your wisdom. Like what is your perception on kind of what's happening right now and what difference may or may not be made? So no wisdom here, sister. Uh, if there is an inclination of any wisdom, uh, it is your own reflection. It is you. It ain't me. Um, that being said, the Black Lives Matter uh, is a movement of movements. Mm -hmm. For us six, uh, Patra, uh, in the realm of truth, only justice. There is only justice. Mm -hmm. So for us six, we are, we are um, soldiers for this, especially this. You might see six show up at a Black Lives Matter rally and be like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, the, the sick, the soldier, the saint is ready. Always has been, always will be. And what are we ready for? We're ready for justice. And how do you bring justice? By In the six, in our understanding, by yeah. any means necessary. Okay. By, by any means necessary. Our gurus taught us this. Um, in terms of how to eradicate oppression from India in our history, our gurus teach us this to how to eradicate oppression inside ourselves. It is the same inoculation. It's the same medicine. It's the same formula. It is justice. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, the word for justice in our understanding is faith. We don't have a word that says religions. That word is justice. Taram. Tharam means justice. Um, and where can you have justice? Only where there is truth. And so yeah. our understanding, and I can speak uh, only for myself, because uh, I am one. There are many other voices, right? More important, yeah. more knowledgeable, and uh, more understanding of this situation than myself. But for I can say for myself and my Sikhi, my understanding of it, uh, justice, 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 justice. And we are ready to fight, die, live, breathe, um, meditate, sing, celebrate, do anything for that, for justice. That's why we look this way. It was because of justice. The people that, the armies that came into India to take gold spice and women, they had beards, especially the dudes that were in control. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't let other peeps grow beards. So right away, we are in... Um, defense, if you will, of justice and pissing off the oppressor by growing our beards. 
Yeah. That's why we're doing it. The, the oppressor had a turban. They would wrap up their hair. They would have a crown and it would tell other peeps that they had power. So again, the six, we, uh, we rebelliously took that. Our gurus gave us that and said, you will wear a crown, all of you, no matter what caste, what color, what creed you are, what, what socioeconomic background you come from, you're mm -hmm. an army. And thus you will look and you will, you will defeat the oppressor, if you will, uh, by coming together for justice. So I, I, say, I share that, sorry to digress. No, it's but the okay. Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter movement mm -hmm. is, um, is justice unfolding. That's what we're seeing. It's justice. It's to, it, it is a truth of our brothers and sisters that is no longer being uh, suppressed. I really feel that. Mm -hmm. Truth is coming out. And so I bow down as a Sikh, as a, as a um, cisgendered male in 2020, as a brown dude sitting in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, I bow down. Let's go get some justice. So do you believe that a difference will be made going I forward? Believe, I already believe a difference is made. That, that man changed the world. Mr. Floyd changed the world already. Look what's happening. Mm -hmm. Look what's already, look around us, right? Um, so, yeah, the, it, is, it is shockingly sad and amazingly beautiful to see that one man can change the world. Mm -hmm. He did. He is. He's, he, it's happening right now around the whole world. Right. And then yeah. again, I'm reminded that I am only one voice, only one soldier, only mm -hmm. one part in this global army for justice. Let's get justice for people. That's what people inside justice. Everyone is valued. Mm -hmm. When we have a just society, everyone is matter. Right. And yeah. there's a. There's a doctor who's done some wicked research on this, Patra. His name is Dr. Gordon Flett. Mm -hmm. And he's done research on mattering. And um, he also talks specifically about when we matter, it makes the whole group uh, justice come up for everyone. And in a just society, everyone starts to uh, self-report higher levels of mattering. We become valued. Peeps need us. And I know that you need me because I need you. Absolutely. Um, what has been your personal experience with racism um, systematically? And because originally I was thinking about doing a podcast kind of around this topic with my sister, but she's also kind of a biracial woman born and raised in Canada. Um, and so like and other perspectives are important. So what has your experience been? My personal experience of racism here in mm -hmm. this country? Mm -hmm. Or just, um, you know, if there were s single things that you kind of remember that resonate oh. hard um, throughout your life. Yeah. Every day. And I mean that totally respectfully mm -hmm. every day this body that i'm in i experience racism every day as soon as i walk out my front door um there are some peeps even in my hood that like i'm walking and you get you, you know that look mm -hmm. you know that look and even yeah. if it's like they're far away they will cross the road mm -hmm. off yeah um th those are micro if you will and there is no micro it, aggression no. is an aggression is an aggression right but those yeah. are micro in the sense of small things happening to Luckdeep. But there are larger things that Luckdeep has seen, experienced, and been a part of. Let me just back up again by just saying, in about Luckdeep, let me just ground myself in, um, look no further than the history of this country, Katra. Mm -hmm. this, this country is founded on racist ideals. Yeah. It is upheld with racist laws and um, policies. Mm -hmm. It has perpetuated racism 
in terms of education systems every day. Yeah. Who who they put on TV, uh, when they put them on TV for us, who gets yeah. on our right, all that, the ref- who gets to be CEO of this and all that piece, who gets to be the prime minister, just all those pieces. When you look at it, uh, this country is founded, founded and supported on that very white supremacist uh, colonial mindset, right? Mm-hmm. That's not, again, to say that everyone, everyone here is, right? Unless, yeah. you, unless, because then that reminds me again of my own piece. I don't speak for all Sikhs. I'm one Sikh. I don't mm-hmm. speak for all Canadians. I'm one Canadian. I don't speak for all brown guys. I'm one brown guy. Mm-hmm. I don't speak for all British folks. I'm one British dude. Yeah. So that intersectionality, I think, wherever that, all that stuff meets, wherever it does get to meet, um, I first look not at the tanglements. I look at, whoa, what's the source of this whole thing? Where, where does that go? Oh, it traces back to the beginnings of this country. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I see where this is all coming from, right? Yeah. So for me, I ground myself to also always remember it ain't about you luck yeah you experienced a lot of racism got here in grade Mm -hmm. three looked around the classroom no one looked or sounded like me imagine a brown kid with a heavy english accent every time that kid would put his hand uh in grade three um and he would say have a glass of water the whole class would laugh and the teacher would just burst out laughing to say that again say that again and then even a month later even to, I find myself in an ESL classroom. I couldn't believe it. I was really confused. Uh, took me a couple of weeks. I put up my hand again. And uh, when this administrator came by, the look on shock on his face was just like, wow, that brown kid knows how to read, write English. Because mm-hmm. that brown kid just stood up and said, I'm from England. I know how to read and write English and then started ripping. And I still remember the look on that administrator's face. I'll never forget. Yeah. Fast forward to, well, let's even go high school incidents of racism, fights. Um, um, yeah. Playing soccer at a very high level for this province. Um, Fights galore. I couldn't stand up some of my team when we were there on, on some fields. Can't stand with them for the national anthem. Why? Because people are throwing some bananas and some other stuff down from the stadiums, um, from the bleachers. I've had many experiences of racism that I could just sit here for you and go on for ages. Mm-hmm. But again, I ground myself in reminding myself, it ain't about you, Luckdeep. You're part of a system that's well-founded on this stuff. Look no further than the Chinese head tax. Look no further than our first people. Look no further than even some of the uh, um, stuff that we're told about Canada being the underground railroad ending up. Our first prime minister owned slaves. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Right? So even, even on to our $5, $10, $50 bill, um, $100 bill, look at those faces. Those are faces that uphold racist and colonial mindsets. And we celebrate them every day. We still give them power, they got mad power. Yeah. Right, so uh, I'm reminded again to chill. It ain't about you, Lakdeep. It is about the system. Let's look at the system. I like Mm -hmm. to often uh, frame this conversation particularly by saying that, um, you know, privilege, white privilege, white supremacy, uh, colonization is not a accusation. It ain't an accusation. There's no finger, finger pointing going on here. It's an observation. Mm-hmm. It's an observation of, yo, what's going down? How are some groups treated versus other groups? How come your ancestors got like free land, cattle, and like um, farming equipment, and this other dude was not allowed? He wasn't even allowed to buy livestock. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. So that that already um, starting line of this country that was just so like head start for that group, back start for this group. Um, that's where I always go to in this conversation, the systemic pieces. How do we fix those? How do we address that stuff? Mm-hmm. And um, 
there's a wicked leader doing this work. It's called the Black North Initiative. Mm -hmm. It is Wes J. Hall and his smart peoples. Uh, he's the businessman, entrepreneur, 2016, most influential Canadian, I think, in some respects. Yeah. Um, man of color. And wow, has he done ever some work on changing boards, the composition of some boards in this country. Mm -hmm. uh, one quick example, I can quickly give you one story that I'd love to share with you if you'd let me. Yeah. Is, um, TSX, Toronto Stock Exchange. Yeah. For ages, they were saying, we got to get some females on some boards of these uh, organizations that are on the TSX. Lo and yeah. behold, a few years ago, it is the work of people like Wes J. Hall and Kinsey Institute and very other great smart people that um, have pushed every single company on the TSX to have at least one female on their board. Mm -hmm. So, and they did it in a few years. So it's totally possible, totally possible yeah. to bring about like legit change, right? And inspire some of that change. Uh, now, when you look at the results of those organizations that have at least now one female on their board, you see an uptick in their value. They increase the value, their production, they're just worth more. Why? Because you got more now diversity of thought. And by the way, women are awesome. So you need them on your board. Mm -hmm. Your guys are creating an echo chamber. You're sitting there saying yes, sir. Yes, sir. To each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have seen that look with a small injection, very small injection of um, a policy to TSX saying, yo, if you want to be on the Toronto Stock Exchange, you got to have at least one female on your board. Look, boom, done. They get that done. Totally possible, right? Yeah. Now, what if we bring about racial and cultural diversity into that picture? And we say to these boards, you got to have at least one person of color, one represent, right? If you will. Mm -hmm. When we charge those uh, organizations to respond yeah. without the quota piece but being mindful it's not about quota it's being it's about being mindful right when we do that we see my goodness a huger jump in productivity a huger jump yeah. in your company's value so all, all that to say that there's a business bottom line to this work right to getting connected and seeing the humanity in everyone and giving voice to some groups that are voiceless and giving power back to some groups who have been robbed of power, it makes business sense. Let's Absolutely. not even talk about like human rights or social equity. Let's just talk money for a sec. I can make you a lot more money if you are on this boat, right? If you're yeah. on this journey. If you're on that with us. Yeah. Um, but let me just back up. I know I've been talking lots. Uh, I, sh I shared quickly that Sikhism is best approached not in a um monotheistic approach we don't yeah. believe in one god we believe in a pantheism and a panthe pantheistic religions believe in the entire world the whole as the saying goes if you will um all god is one all creator is one whatever you want to call it is one we we salute the one so if if our Muslim brothers and sisters get down like this, we're down. If our Christian brothers and sisters get down like this, we're down. It is, it is the celebration and the upholding of their right to do so that gives a lot of myself identity. Our ninth guru uh, gave um, his entire self, family, life, head, so that uh, people could practice their own religion. It wasn't even his religion that he was dying, giving his head for. Um, he wanted to end oppression. And he did so by giving his own head to someone who was saying, um, I'll scare you into this whole uh, non-humanistic uh, approach, if you will, right? Yeah. And I also want to touch real quickly on, Patrick, if you'd let me just close up the idea of Black Lives Matter for mm -hmm. myself. I left that dangling, especially the most respectful part that I need to get to as well, is that um, both 
my personal understanding and professional understanding of this is that I could never understand ever how my black brothers and sisters truly feel. I could never have that experience. My people were never sold into slavery around the world. Yes, I might have some oppressed experiences, but this, this experience that my black brothers and sisters have in particular, and systemically, look no further than our jails, look no further than our healthcare system that mistreats, mistreats my black brothers and sisters in such a way that for hundreds of years, hundreds of years of programming, it has seeped into me. Racism, anti-black racism, um, uh, it has seeped into me. Look, even in my people, if you're dark, my people are like looking at you and judge you. And we have words in my language that like make you know that, yo, you're the darky, eh? Dark skinner. Mm -hmm. And like, like if you're light skin, uh, my people also have words to be like, wow, you're pretty, you know, with your light skin, like you're really, wow, right? And so yeah. this, this embedding of black, white, and that binary down the middle is very, very much so constructed again by positions of power, systems of power. Yeah. Right? So I, I'm also wanting to celebrate and recognize and shut up when it comes to black lives matter. And I simply want to uh, learn. I simply want to learn more. Now is the time. My black brothers and sisters got the mic. Mm -hmm. It's time to learn. So I'm reminded of myself, both personally and professionally. Sit down. Shut up. Um, and to even just touch upon some of the faith topics again, come mm -hmm. back to faith a little bit. My Christian brothers and sisters are teaching me beautifully. Luke chapter 15. And Luke 15 teaches me Jesus has a hundred sheep. Mm -hmm. One sheep goes wandering off. Jesus leaves the 99 sheep. And he goes after the one. Now, those sheep could have been like, yo, am I not important? Don't all sheep matter? Are we, yeah. What's going on, Jesus? And look at the beautiful lesson of love Jesus teaches. The one needs help. Mm -hmm. That one needs help. The 99 are chill. This, yeah. this one needs my help. And so I'm also reminded in the beautiful Christian uh, mindset, the lovers of Christ are teaching me wow, this is a time to go help the one. Not mm -hmm. I, the 99 are chill. There's, there's, they're under no threat, if you will. Yeah, that's, it is, it is. yeah, that's such an incredible kind of example of it and just kind of shows the importance of it because the, I guess, metaphor I was using was, you know, you call the fire department, you want them to go to the house that's on fire, not check in at all the other houses on the way first. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, it, it, it's so akin to that. It's so akin to that. My shit is mm -hmm. burning. And like, you're going to tell me that your house is like in danger? <laughs> My whole, exactly. I'm like, hello? Yeah. Would you show up to your neighbor's house and start talking about yours? No. Exactly. Ridiculous. Yeah. Some, of the, some, of, some of the talk back, some of the media, some of the uh, racist garb that comes back to us is just ludicrous, man. Mm -hmm. Right? And again, that, that's perpetuated still in these systems here. Look no further than like the adoption of, and the placement of first mm -hmm. people, the placement of uh, people of color. Look at, look at, look at the um, educational attainment rates of some of my black brothers and sisters in this country. What's going on? Mm -hmm. we, we are being... Ontario, Patra, black people, brothers yeah. and sisters, about 4 to 5%, okay? 4 yeah. to 5%, I can put down right now money on it. In Ontario, my black brothers and sisters, 4 to 5%. I've done some work in jails, Patra. I can mm -hmm. walk into them. The number is like 13 14% black people now yeah. how the how the heck do you got five percent here outside in my city and you're locking up like 13 14 percent indoors mm -hmm. that like yeah 
don't even get me started. Don't even get me started because my work resides in that piece. Yeah. Um, my passion, my heart, my my justice, my call, if you will, to justice lies in those arenas. And mm-hmm. I, I want to help change some of these systems. I really, I, I need to learn more and, and I want to help change some of these systems that Desmond Cole, uh, Paul Gorski, um, Pam Palmerter, Mm-hmm. Uh, and many others are teaching me to to look at carefully. Mm-hmm. So my next question would be, this kind of like a two-parter, what do you think would be a good step for people? But I think you kind of answered that in your last sentence and saying, you know, that you need to teach yourself and you need to learn. So how do you always educate yourself and stay up to date with kind of things going on, not even just with kind of the Black Lives Matter movement, but just with everything, with the First Peoples, with the, you know, non-binary community, the LGBTQ+, everything. How do you make sure that you're in tune with that? Mm. Lots of reading. I read a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But more importantly, lots of listening. And I'm doing trying to do more of that again yes this answer is going to be very similar to the last one i gave you where uh google the crap out of anything now we live in the age where we should right let's 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 get good at it let's get really awesome at it and some of us are really awesome at it googling the crap out of everything Um, Mm -hmm. but the best again the best source of knowledge is real people like we're doing right now me talking to you you talking to me i'm learning about you you're learning about me yeah that is the best and uh, that oral tradition, that oral passing down of knowledge Mm -hmm. is something that my black brothers and sisters know very well through song, through movement, through philosophy, Mm -hmm. through science, right? And that's something also that my first people know very well is again, oral tradition is where it's at. Write it down, cool. That's a very uh, Western, um, colonial even, enterprise. Yeah. Books and write and Gutenberg press and make books and distribute them, right? But again, the knowledge that comes from sitting with elders, sitting weirdly again in nature, Mm -hmm. the answers are there. For sure. For sure. And just taking those time to kind of reflect on what's around you. And like you said, originally, it's kind of, it's what you see. It's not what's there. So important. Mm. Um, If you had to universally share one message with everybody in the world, um, regardless of their access to resources, what would it be? Smile. <laughs> I love it. For real. Yeah. Um, I mean that so utterly, respectfully, mm-hmm. and uh, radically. I mean that so ra- radically. That smile. Smile in the face of mm-hmm. the oppressor. Now is the time. Smile. Let the oppressor see you in all of your glory, in mm-hmm. all of your beauty. It is uh, for so long, the oppressor tried to oppress your father and his father and his mother and their mother. This is a long story. You're just waking up to it now because you're waking up to it now. But this story has been going down in your DNA for ages. All of us. Yeah, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we must smile. In smiling is oxytocin release. Yeah. Right? Oxytocin is the happy chemical inside of me. Talk about that internal regulation. I can't change nothing going on out there. I can, I can manage what's going on in here. Mm-hmm. So start my, my, uh, my humble, through your podcast that's going to reach the world, my global message is smile. We need it. to smile, all of us, in, mm-hmm. in, in all of our glory. People that are especially uh, Black, Indigenous, BIPOC, people of color, 
people that uh, are non-binary, people that uh, are dealing with oppression in so many different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Mentally, verbally, psychologically oppressed. Some of my brothers and sisters are physically physically oppressed still tied up locked up locked down um, abused around the world i my my humble 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 request message reminder is smile smile brothers and sisters there is power inside of you smile bring this smiling energy power into you and operate inside there i love it just a good reminder for everybody Are you one of those people that you believe in kind of those positive affirmations and, you know, smiling at yourself in the mirror and looking yourself in the eye and that kind of stuff? I I will get myself there after I get all my giggles out of me. It might take a few (laughs) more years. Every time I show up and I see this ugly mug, I can't help but laugh at it. Right. But um, yeah, there's, there is power in all kinds of positive affirmation. And for me, uh, smiling is very, very powerful. So we need to smile, smile with ourselves, smile in our, not just with our face, smile with our bodies, our whole selves, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's healing energy there. There is total healing energy. Oxytocin might be something that they teach us in a textbook, but straight up, it's healing. It's medicine. Absolutely. You can create that inside you. Absolutely. So I want to be mindful of your time. Um, So I'll end with kind of this, my favorite question to ask people, and I'm extremely excited to hear your answer. Um, What about your story do you think is important for other people to hear? I am no one sister. I am nothing. I truly am uh, here for a bit, gone in a sec. I am um, insignificant when it comes to the larger story of what's going down. I'm uh, I'm just here for a bit, and uh, I want to. Oh, I just want to stay there. I just want to be very gracious of just being here for a minute in all of what's going down. Um, filled with gratitude, but uh, very, very cleanly aware of why I'm here. What am, what am I doing here right now? Um, I'm here for justice. Um, I wake up, I breathe, I eat, I live to find space for other people. Mm-hmm. I really want to keep on doing this until I die. And then when I die, after I die, I want to keep on doing this, make space for other people. It's not only a life calling, it is a calling of everything. Even after I'm gone here, I'm going to keep helping learning to create space for other people. Such an important goal. And I can resonate with that. Um, the one thing I always tell myself daily, and sometimes I confuse the, the eyes and the sentence but like my daily motto is i have an unwavering passion to positively influence impact and improve the well-being of all other living things so that i can create a legacy worth writing about and i think that's exactly what you have just said essentially say that again i have an unwavering passion to positively influence improve and impact the well-being of all other living things so that i can create a legacy worth writing about wow Mm -hmm. beautiful it is yeah look we gotta stay connected more uh now that you have found a way to connect with myself and found me in this ocean of millions of people sitting everywhere i say to you thank you you are certainly a person who is creating space for other people you did so for me i'm sorry for blabbing for an hour it's okay <laughs> space for allowing me to do that thank you uh, i thank you and i wish you all the best i bless you with all kinds of good stuff to come more your way you are thank a beautiful you. person you are a beautiful thank soul you. i hope uh, 
I hope your beauty spreads more in this country, especially. And I know you're sitting in Alberta right now. I yeah. hope your beauty spreads more to Albertans there. We need you. Thank you. Um, so I will include the link for whatever land acknowledgement websites that you send me. And I will also include the link for unlearn. Um, is there any other way that our listeners can best support you or find you? Twitter, Facebook, Insta. Yeah. yeah we got all kinds of pieces. Hook up with us on our, our, um, all of our handles are on the top of our website, unlearn.com. Perfect. And, um, in terms of that whole social piece as well uh, and connection to us, uh, we're all over the place. We, uh, people are bringing us for, to as far places off as Nepal, mm -hmm. to Australia, to all kinds of places. You can best support us. Go on unlearn.com, get a t-shirt and rock it. And why mm -hmm. do I say that? Because I say that now is the time to wear our heart, not just on our sleeves, but to, provoke thought in other peeps. Absolutely. We, so we, we literally want people to wear our stuff, mo get more of the unlearned messaging out there to the world. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, I will include that below. Thank you so much for your time and for your storytelling and everything that you brought with it. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Right back at you. Yeah.